All right, so today's uh, message is simply called Until Easter. All right, Until Easter. In other words, the idea is the enemy has had his way. He has played with our families. He has messed us up. He's had power over us. He could jerk us around anytime he so uh, desired and wanted to until Easter. Okay? So now if you are in some type of bondage, some type of sin, it's either because you are ignorant of the power of Easter. That's not a slam. I, I remember uh, when I first come to the Lord, I didn't know anything about God. Nothing at all. But either you are ignorant of it, and it's just been a bunny, uh, a day off, candy type thing to you. Uh, or, or you are just willing to want to stay into your sin. But Easter gives us the power to break anything and anything that is not of God in our lives. And I hope that you receive that this morning. Now let's look. Opening text is simply 2 Timothy 2.26. Look what Timothy says about the enemy. About the enemy of our soul. A lot of people in our country don't want to believe that there is an enemy. All you got to do is look at the shape of our nation. I mean, my gosh, it's just falling apart every day. It's coming apart stitch by stitch. And so 2 Timothy tells us that they may recover themselves out of the sneer of the devil. The devil is throwing sneers in your path, in your way, around your family, around your life, around your decisions. In fact, there are things thrown right now at you. So you don't listen to this, so you don't pay any attention to this message whatsoever. So it says simply this, that, that they may recover themselves out of the sneer of the devil, listen, who are taken captive by him at his will. Now, we always think, hey, no one messes with me. I'm my own man. No one tells me what to do. Well, I'm telling you, there's something supernatural going on that you have no clue of. None whatsoever. And we have a supernatural enemy also. Satan, devil, the enemy, whatever you want to call him. And the Bible tells us that he will take us captive anytime he so will, if you are not prepared and ready for him. Okay, and the whole idea is until Easter. Before Easter, before that great resurrection, we were bound to our sin. Then God came and he broke all that power of sin over us. Now that word sneer, a lot of you hunters maybe use sneers to even hunt. It's a trap, it's a noose, it implies uh, an unexpected something happens. You, know, you always see in a Star Wars character, they step on something, up. it's a sneer, takes them up and they're held captive. That's exactly what a snare is, a, a sudden thing. Birds and animals are caught unaware. A snare is whatever brings peril in your life. Whatever. Due to the lack of uh, vocabulary, I'll name some things, but I'm telling you now that the enemy will use whatever, whatever he can to put a snare in your life and to uh, put you in bondage and hang you up as a trophy upside down. It's a, a loss and a destruction that he has. Now listen, listen to our nation. I just heard on the news last week that more people die from, is it the opiate, opiate addiction than they do from handguns and car fatalities combined. Combined. Now you know that I volunteer as a chaplain for the, for the firemen. They're telling me all the time that's pretty much a lot of their runs now. Someone has OD'd. Illegal drugs, legal drugs, it doesn't matter. And many times they go back to the same place over and over. 
America is addicted. Our nation is absolutely addicted. More, you know, the big rage against guns. More people are dying in our nation from guns and car fatalities. Easter's a big traveling day. They always say, buckle up, be careful, state troopers all over. Because we know that we drive sometimes too fast and many lose their lives. They're saying that's nothing to what's going on in our nation right now. So that's a snare from the devil. He doesn't care what he uses. It's, it's immaterial to him. Remember, it's whatever, whatever brings peril, loss, or destruction. Drug addiction, pornography, unforgiveness. I just can't get over that. Desiring riches, money, fame, fortune, meth. You ever see the pictures of people? They look wonderful and then they get hooked on this meth, this whatever. And then their lives is just sucked out of them. Suicidal thoughts constantly throughout running wild in our nation. And all the time God said, not anymore, not until Easter. All that's broken. So what's happening with us? What's wrong with us today? America is an attic. It is. We are addicted to so many things. Unbelievably so many things going on in our nation. The enemy has put you in a cage. And he's put you in a cage alive. And he rules over us with all these various addictions. And I'll show you that. I mean that he does. He puts us in alive. Because I'll show you what a word means here soon. And so what he does, he's, he's mocking you as he becomes ruler over your life. He takes away all your self-worth, anything that you were supposed to accomplish and be for the Lord. Do you understand you were created in the image of Almighty God for sweet fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? To have a great life, a wonderful life in him. But the enemy comes and he ties you to a leash and he leads you around like a dog. And ties you to all these various addictions. We know that John tells us in 10.10, the thief, the enemy. You have a Savior if you so desire, and you have an enemy if you so desire. And the enemy here is called the thief. He cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy, the Word of God tells us. That's the reason why he's here. And that's the reason why God said that, 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 that Easter, it will break the power of the enemy over you today, this morning, this Easter. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Listen to the words next. The Lord says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. We are taken captive. That word captive means to be taken alive by him at his will. Think of your loved ones. Maybe you're struggling on certain things. Things that were supposed to even intend to help you. Get over some horrible, uh, terrible pain that you might have in your back or even all our veterans that have suffered over and they give you all this different sorts of medicine and and our entire nation and now is addicted to stuff. And And the world doesn't have a clue what to do. They don't even know what to do about it. It's just so overwhelming. The police, the ambulance, the first responders. It's crazy. I sit around and hear them talk. It's like normal now. It's what's expected. The misery of these people, they are in the snare of the devil. In the snare of the devil, they are led captive by his will. Think of that. You, a free moral agent. 
the ability to think, the ability to put together facts and figures to create a, a, a rocket ship that will make you walk on the moon and drive a car on the moon, yet you can be addicted and told what to do by some filthy addiction, whatever it is. Whatever it is. How can that be at this day? So what happens? Our nation is becoming slaves to the worst taskmaster there is. And that's the enemy himself. We are taken in a snare and in the worst snare because it's the snare of the devil. Our nation is suffering, caught in this snare. And they don't know what to do. Help me, Lord. Even worse than that, Genesis 9 says this about Ham. Remember Ham's curse in Canaan? It says, They are under Ham's curse. And he was cursed, a servant of servants shall you be. And that's what our nation has become. Servant of servants to all the various addictions that you can name. Whatever they are. An addiction is something that has control over your life. But the whole idea was until Easter. God broke all that. So how can you be sitting in an addiction today? Either you don't understand the power of Almighty God, or you don't care about God. And so hopefully the truth, like the Word of God tells us, will set us free this morning. I understand that addictions are things that control our lives. We don't control them. They have power over us, not us over them. They have more power than I can muster up, so I need some type of supernatural help. Left in this state, we would be doomed to a life of slavery. Goliath is in our town square, screaming and hollering out, boasting and mocking us. Send out your best that we may fight. We've got to look at the answer and find the answer. The answer again is in that John 10.10, the last part where the Lord says, I am come that you might have life. What was the purpose of all this Easter, Resurrection, Good Friday stuff? The Lord broke the power of sin. Broke it. You understand, you couldn't help but sin. You had to sin because you didn't have the power to break it. But the Lord God Almighty loved you so much that he sent his son to die that brutal death just for you so that you could now have the chains of sin broken from you. So now if you are caught in some type of addiction, again, it's either that you don't understand the power of the cross or you want to be. The power is broken, the chains are down, but you pick them up and you're just trying to wrap them yourself around again. When God has come to set you free. More abundantly should be our life. Not mere existence. The Lord is not here just to preserve my life. He's come to make it more abundant. The enemy of our soul has ruled and reigned. Until Easter. Do you understand that? I mean, I know Easter's happened thousands of years ago, but I remember when God set me free, when, when the light truly came on, I couldn't believe it. I was dumbfounded. I was like, really? As I walked the streets of the United States of America, not knowing 
that there was help, that there was something more powerful and stronger for me to tap into, to find, to walk in, to live for. You see, now we have been given a new weapon. They're talking about Moab, that big boy they dropped the other day. The new weapon, first time they ever used that thing. That thing was bad. But it's nothing what God has given us. God says, I have dropped something in your life long time ago. And when it went off, it destroyed all sin, all power over it, all addictions, everything. So we've been given this new weapon. You can't win this war of addiction. You cannot win it with some man-made weapon. It's impossible. Some little one, two, three steps. No, sir. You need the power of Almighty God injected into your life. You need to be willing to accept it, willing to want it. Humble yourself before Almighty God and say, Lord, help me, please. You understand? Everything that he went through was to help you. To me, the cross always looks like a big syringe. That's the one you need injected with. This big, God's big hand of the cross, and you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life, actually it goes into your heart. And that's what those, those EMTs, they grab that thing and someone's OD and they pull that thing off there and they shove that thing into them for a temporary man-made, try to get them through, but they're still addicted life. Zechariah 4, 6 says this, Then he answered and spake unto them, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This only happens by the Spirit of Almighty God. Sin was only broken by the Spirit of God. That He came for you and I to make a way. So until Easter happened, there might have been an excuse, but no longer now. Because of Easter, we now can walk in the Spirit of Almighty God. Walk in the power of God. Walk in the freedom and the freeness of Almighty God. If you want it. If you desire it. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, and I do, right? I'm walking around in the flesh. I am flesh, as much as I don't like it. For we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. You can't war after committees and councils and meetings and, and steps and this and that. We can't do it. It's nice. They're trying their best, but they don't know. You know, and I know. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. What we got is not of this world. It went but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Addictions are strongholds. Addictions keep the truth out and keep God away. And they need pulled down. Only by God can it be done. can't be done by man. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Listen, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a true relationship with the living God. With the resurrected Lord. You can have that and you can walk in His power. You can walk in His freedom. Religion is a whole other type of bondage that man needs to be set free from. We are the church of the risen king this morning. 
We are not a, a man-made organization. This is not. This is not a man-made. This is kept by God and the power of God. It's financed by God. This place. 1 Timothy 3.15, New Living Translation says this about where you're sitting right now, which we call church. So that if I am delayed, he says, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. Listen to what he says. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Who tells the truth anymore in America? Your senator? Your representative? Man, they lie constantly. The Bible says there's coming a day where truth has fallen in the streets. That's today. That's today. They get out and out busted. She lied about everything. Nothing happens to her. Because truth has fallen in the streets. This place still beckons and must be the truth center of Almighty God. God says, I am the way and the truth. He's the truth. Schools won't tell you. Colleges won't tell you. Organizations won't tell you. Religion won't tell you. Jesus is the truth this morning. So it says, Timothy, he says to Timothy, this is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. That's why eventually our nation, if it keeps going the way it's going, is going to want to shut up the church. There'll be a time when it'll be illegal if I'm still alive to preach like this. Shut up! Shut up! Remember when Stephen said, you're the ones who crucified the Lord. They ran at him. They held their ears and stoned him to death. John 8.32 simply says this, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This morning. I don't care if you belong here or don't belong here. Saved or not saved, we get caught up in things that control our lives. And the trick is, is that we think we're, we're doing it ourselves, that we're in our control of our own self, and we don't realize that any given jerk, we got to do what the enemy wants us to do whether it's a lustful thought after another woman, whether you just got to go bet the horses, something, anything, whatever the enemy wants to use. So here's where our victory comes from. I'm giving it to you. Truth this morning. Truth. Colossians 2.14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. You don't understand. There's a handwriting of ordinance against you. Sinner, Liar, cheat, schemer, hates God. That's where the sinner, that's where it lies. And the one who holds that as authority is the enemy. They're mine. There's only two lists. The one that's on God's list, the one on the enemy's list. You have to figure out what list you're on. I used to be on the enemy's list. Hated people, hated things, could care less. Rather walk over than help you. I know about that list. So the Lord came, crucified and died, rose on the third day. When he did that, he's blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Where the Lord would say, Joe and Nick and Susan, they're lost, they're no good, they deserve eternal punishment. The Lord came and nailed it to the cross. 
where forgiveness was made for them, if they so choose. That term handwriting is a general word for a handwritten document. It could be understood in two ways, various ways. Some take it, take it as a legal sense. It represents charges against a prisoner. Something judges might write down or a confession to the wrong in the prisoner that was, has made. The other sense, it's a financial sense. It's such a debt, it's a, a debit and a ledger state. It's just overwhelming what you owe. Impossible for you to pay back. Legally and financially, we are owned by the devil. Until Easter. Until he rose from the dead. Until. Unless you don't believe this. Unless you're happy in your addiction. Either way, it means that this document that once condemned us is now taken out of the way, heaven being nailed to the cross. And you just can't look at that and say, yeah, that's pretty cool, Jesus. When you think of God the Father watching his son go through what he went through, the beating, I mean the beating, the Bible says you could not even recognize that he was a man. So anything man has made that you're watching this Easter weekend can't compare what sin did to our Lord. Brute, God Almighty, all holiness stripped absolutely naked and hung. And you're going to go, that's pretty cool, Jesus. That's not going to fly in the face of God. Oh, no, it's just not. I mean, how, how would you like to be these parents, and maybe one of you are, that you've had a son blown up in some war, shot and killed in some war where all the politicians lie, where nothing is done right, everything, and you're thinking, what did he die for? With the way they act, everyone's going on. Nobody even knows that my boy is dead. You'd have a hard time accepting that, wouldn't you? And you're just a dude... How about almighty, sinless, perfect son? son? No, uh, uh, that's pretty cool, all right? Jesus isn't going to, it's not going to make it. Verse 15 in Colossians 2, 14, let me read it again. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You understand what that means? The enemy still has a lot of you spooked. Still has a lot of you thinking he's all-powerful. Don't rouse them up. Don't mention. And the Lord says, what are you talking about? I whooped them. I whooped them easily. And it says, and, I, and I've done it, and I've spoiled all his principalities and powers. He has none. He's all smoke and mirrors. He's all lies now. He's keeping you under addictions that you have no business being under. When he says you can't break this, you'll never break this, it's a bull-faced lie. And he keeps us under these lies. 
having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. They just, they laid out all the weapons of the army they defeated. They would lay them out. Kings would lay them out. And you would see all these unbelievable, geez, weapons that would impress you. And then the conqueror would walk by and said, we took him out. All this. That's what that means. Openly, all his lies, his snares. Openly. So that you could see the truth. Until Easter, God said. You can run around, you can jerk people's chains around, you can throw, catch them and throw them alive in cages with your snares of addictions, your snares of pornography, your snares of hatred, all the various snares you use, but there's coming a day that I'm going to break all that power. So you understand, if you are addicted, you are on a chain without a lock, and you are in a cage with the doors unlocked. Being tricked and lied to by the enemy. You were made to have sweet fellowship with Almighty God. Every one of you have a special plan, blueprint by Almighty God, so that you can fulfill a life that God wants you to fulfill. But you're determined to stay addicted. The nation doesn't want the gospel. The devil and all the powers of hell were conquered and disarmed by the dying Redeemer. They all were. Nothing works for the enemy now. He's not like concocting a a bigger bomb than Moab because he just got thumped. No, there isn't. There isn't a bigger bomb than the Lord. He spoiled them. He broke the devil's power. He conquered him. He made a show of them openly, exposing them to the public shame and made a show of them for man to see. And that's what I'm reminding about you this morning. Maybe you injured yourself badly. In order to get through the pain, you had to take this medicine. Or maybe somebody lied about you or stole your wife away from you or your husband away from you. You are just up inside. Natural reasoning tells us this stuff is hopeless. How can we forget that? How can we get over stuff like that? But I'm telling you this morning, this place here that you're sitting in is not a natural place. This is not a natural time. Church is a supernatural place. Where God moves. Where the presence of God is. Where you can come weeping with a broken heart. And feel the arm of Almighty God around you. He will take care of you. When you are laid flat out, rejected, He will come and lay there with you, put His arm around you, and tell you how much that He loves you. Matthew 19, 26, says, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, You're right, with men this is impossible. With all their meetings and seminars and councils and gatherings, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Everything is possible. How long you've been eaten up by something today? If it's been 32 years, 32 seconds. God wants to bring deliverance in your life. Mark eleven twenty three says this, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you got mountains in your life? 
You got a father you never knew? Could care less? Do you have visions of seeing your dad turning around, walking out? Could care less you're left there crying? Mountains that are in our lives that we can't conquer, we can't go around or can't go over. Mountains. So the Lord says to us that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Only after Easter can you do that. Only after God comes with His power and might and breaks the power of the enemy and fills you with the Spirit of God and His love and a dunamis power that you can say to the mountain that's hindering your walk and it's constantly in your way no matter what you do. Mountain of the past. Mountain of hatred. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. In other words, the same, if you have faith to believe, Almighty God who backs this with his death and power and blood, it'll happen. What mountain is standing in your way this morning? Mountains of past, failures, disappointments, rejections, lies, betrayals. Second Chronicles 10.4 says this again, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. You see, they're mighty. The world mocks. You might sit at McDonald's. Bow your head over your Big Mac. People in the corner might snicker and laugh and chuckle. They don't understand the power of prayer. The world mocks God's weapons. They laugh at them. Remember when David came at Goliath? He laughed. You come with me like a dog? Mocking. They mock us when we pray. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You don't have to live in a cage being led around on a chain or being jerked around by the enemy anytime he so desires. Right now, the enemy's bombarding your minds, bombarding your thoughts. Easter has broken the power of the enemy. Philippians 2.10 simply states this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee. Now listen, he needn't names them all, where all they're going to be. All things in heaven, all things in earth, and all things under the earth. Everything. Everything you could possibly think of, see, hide, or be is going to bow its knee before the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the enemy could have his way running around lying to you getting you on this drug, that drug, this lie, this, until Easter. And God says, I've come to break the power over your life. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Evil thoughts about harming yourself. Suicide. Rampant. All over the place. 1 Corinthians 10 gives us an answer. 
There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. He's not saying there's no temptations. He's saying your situation is not worse than anybody else's. Well, you don't know what I'm... No, God is saying your situation is not worse than what He can handle. Worse than what you can handle. There is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But well, with all this temptation and addictions and things you can't get over, also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Did you ever just want to escape somewhere? Run from things? That way of escape is the cross. It's Easter. Your way of escape this morning is to run to the cross. Run to the Lord. Put all your faith in Almighty. Don't be like Thomas. Well, when I see you. Here is your victory. And it starts like this. Psalmist. The psalmist in 55 says this. As for me. You see, it's a personal decision. You must do it sitting there now. I can't. I can't do it for you. I can only wish. Oh, I hope so and so gets us. I hope they come. I hope they step forward and believe. But I can't do it for you. The psalmist says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Guaranteed. Listen, folks, this is what it takes. It doesn't take money. It doesn't take church membership. It doesn't take being my buddy or pal. It tells us in James, it takes humility. Humble yourself. Instead of sitting there and, can't wait till this is over, it's stupid. Humble yourself. Meaning, oh, man, that's right. I can't kick this alcohol. I can't kick this pornography. I can't kick this filthy mouth. I can't kick whatever. Whatever. James says, you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Almighty God will. God is not in keeping you down. He's not in saying, waited too long for you. That's the enemy. He rubs your face in it over and over and jerks your chain, and you got to go do it again. You come to God and say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. God's Bible says the Lord will lift you up. How many of you have been lifted up by the Lord and felt the Lord go like this? It's true, right? Isn't it, Eric? Lord, it fills you with the Spirit of God. See, the enemy can jerk you around, but only until Easter. Now his power is broken. It's totally broken. I'm going to conclude with this. Matthew 20 says this. Now, I don't know if you've come with friends or whoever, but sometimes they influence us and influence us wrongly. Because I'm going to ask, after the scripture that you stand, 
We're going to play a song. We're going to open up these altars for anybody who would want to humble themselves and say, you know what? I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to drift this far. I didn't mean to get caught up in this filth. I didn't mean to be ensnared, but it's true. Every time he jerks my chain, I've got to do it. I've got to buy it. I've got to run. I've got to go do this. Matthew 20 says this, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, that's us, when they heard that Jesus passed by, Jesus is passing by today, this morning, now, just about at this altar call, they cried out saying, Have mercy! Have mercy, O Lord, thou son of David! And a multitude around them, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, Visitors, multitude around them, rebuked them because they said they should hold your peace. Stop crying. Quit acting like that. Sit down. Be still. You're not going down there. But what did these two blind do? What would these two that are still caught, still in a cage? The Bible says they cried out even more, even louder. Have mercy on us! They didn't listen to the world around them. Quiet. You're weird. Stop that. And what happened? You see the scripture. It says Jesus stood still. And he called them and said, What will you that I should do unto you? Jesus, if you call today, this morning, Lord, I can't. I didn't mean to. I got to take them over and over and over. There's no way out. I've tried everything. Lord, thou son of David. And you come to him. And the Lord will say to you, what will you have I do for you? Oh my gosh. We're minutes away from that. How many years has that mountain been there? We're minutes away. Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. God, I've heard about sunsets. I've heard about the sea. I've heard I've never seen anything, Lord. Your Lord, look what it says about him. So Jesus had compassion on them. He didn't say, oh, you should be blind. You never followed me. You never wanted to follow me. You mocked me. That's not the Lord. The Lord put his hands on Had compassion. Stood them up. Wiped them off. All the sins. All the filth. All the addictions. There. Jesus had compassion on them. Touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight. The next four words are the most important. And they followed him. How many people receive a touch of blessing from God and never turn back to see? Never go back to God. Remember the ten lepers came to the Lord. Heal us, heal us, heal us. Heals them all. They all turn around. One goes, oh, Lord, thank you, thank you for healing me. 
sure the Lord appreciated that, but what did he say? Um, where are the other nine? The other nine were probably Americans. We're not very thankful. We don't give the Lord the time of day. We don't. Please stand. Look, for a lack of vocabulary, I told you. I know, I know us pastors, we, hand, we say drinking, booze, drugs, porn. There are so many things. So many things that dictate what we do in life. Dictate where we go. Jerk us around all the time. So this morning... I'm asking that you humble yourselves before Almighty God and that you start to really tune in about this truth about the power of Easter and what it really means that the Lord broke all the stuff that the enemy's trying to addict you to. And you start spitting out the flies and worms that he's got. Say, no more. I'm not going to eat that stuff anymore. I'm going to humble myself, come to this altar, and ask the Lord to help. Remember the psalmist said, as for me, that's what I'm going to do. As the music plays, our altar's open. Please, you come. If you are overwhelmed, totally exhausted, you raise that hand. Bruce, myself, Daryl, others will come and actually pray for you, lay hands on you, and believe God will deliver you. But you have to humble yourself, move out of a crowd, and come down and say, Lord, I need help. I'm one of them, Lord. I need help.